morning is going to be kind of different. Um, we haven't had a service like this in a long time, so um, <clears throat> you're going to have to bear with me a little bit. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to preach, and then I want to talk to you as a congregation, kind of a family meeting kind of thing. That's not a bad thing. It's a, it's a good thing, but um, it's something that we as a church uh, need to, to be able to work through and work with. So um, in the last couple of messages, the last five, six messages, we've been walking through the miracles of Christ. And in the course of that, there has been this theme that has come up. So I'm going to kind of take a little bit of a sidetrack this morning and talk about something other than miracles, and the next week we'll get back to the miracles. But in the miracles, one of the things that has come up is this idea, this concept of intercession, this idea of helping one another, this idea of interceding on the behalf of one another. You see it with the nobleman's son who the nobleman comes and journeys are far away to help, his, to help for Jesus to help his kid. Um, you saw it in the disciples coming to Jesus when Peter's mother-in-law was sick and saying, come on, you've got to help us. We've we got to go help Peter's mother-in-law. Um, you saw it last week in the, in the, para, in the miracle of the fishes where the, the, the net was, was so big and they were catching so many fish that they had to call another boat to come out and help them. And it took two boats to get all the fish in. And since that's been kind of a recurring theme and kind of where we are and where we need to go as a church, I thought, you know, let's just spend a little bit of time talking about that as a church and how we, um, what the Bible says about, about uh, caring for each other and, and helping and pitching in and doing all those kinds of things. So I'm going to go to the passage. And when Paul writes, Paul writes a lot of, one of what we call one another's. He says, love one another, submit to one another, honor one another. Um, he has a lot of one another's mentioned in his writings. But I want to focus on one this morning in Galatians um, and, and kind of zero in on that. And so I'm going to put all the verses up here. These are all the verses I'm going to use today, so they're all in one shot. And so you'll know where I'm going. But um, he talks about the idea of bearing one another's burdens and doing that. So let's see what it says first of all. Galatians chapter 6, verse 5. Um, verse 4. Uh, here's the first thing he lays out when Paul is, is talking. Um, again, we do these in order if I, had the, if I had the time this morning. We go all the way through Galatians. But he says later in verse 4, each one should test his own actions, then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. One of the, one of the first principles you see that Paul talks about in one another is carry your own stuff. Okay? In other words, Paul says, look, there, there are certain life events that come into your life. They come into everybody's life. And, and you need to kind of bucket up and carry some of your own stuff. Stop being dependent on everybody else to do something for you. And so one of the admonitions in Scripture is, look, there's some things that you just need to do for yourself. And stop wanting everybody else to do it for you. Um, we, we are in a generation where, unfortunately, we have become a very dependent generation. You go into a national park and we're told, don't feed the wildlife because they'll become dependent on the food. And that we have a welfare program that's so out of whack that people won't get a job because they make more money on welfare than they do working a job. And it's like, that's all messed up. Why? Because we're, we're in a culture where we just kind of get this idea that if somebody else can do it for me, then I won't do it for myself. And Paul says, no, 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 no. 
And, and by the way, it's interesting because in, verse, in these two verses where it talks about burdens, there are two different words, there are two different concepts. This passage in verse 5 here, carrying his own load, is just a common everyday kind of stuff. You know, look, all of us probably struggle somewhat with finances. You're going, oh, no, 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 you know, so-and-so doesn't. They got more money and they know what to do. No, no, no. Let me explain to you the difference between you and so-and-so. So-and-so has more zeros behind their problems than you do. It's a $200 issue to you. It's a $20,000 issue to them. It's just more zeros is all it is. And in, in, in life, we have normal, everyday stuff, and we need to learn to, that we have to do our part with stuff. And that's important for us to understand. I get people coming to me and say, Pastor, you know, I want to lose some weight. Can you pray for me? Yeah, I'll pray for you. Hey, by the way, you know, so-and-so in the church, they're really good at nutrition and stuff like that. How about if I hook you up with them? Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I don't want to do like, all, I don't want to have to like go that route. Well, okay. Well, you know what? Here, I'll tell you what. I know somebody who's really good at exercise and they can give you like an exercise. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to exercise, Pastor. Okay, so let me get this right. You don't want to eat right and you don't want to exercise. But we want me to pray for you to lose weight. Yeah, that's right. No, that's wrong. I'm not wasting my breath if you're not going to put forth an effort. That's crazy. That's crazy. People come in and they go, oh, hey, can, we, can you help so-and-so? They're having financial trouble. And I look, and they've got the new car and the new house and the new boat and the new this and the new that, and the answer is no. They can go sell some of their stuff, and they won't have the problems they got. Why? Because there's a Bible principle that you carry your own stuff. Okay, And you stop becoming dependent on everybody else to do stuff for you that you should do for yourself. That's what Paul lays out in Galatians. So my grandfather used to say it this way, and again, my grandfather was a different time. My grandfather passed away when I was like one or two. I never got to know him. But my grandfather used to say, I'll never give money to a dirty person because everybody can afford a nickel for a bar of soap. There was some common horse sense in that kind of attitude. Because in that culture, you didn't have to, I mean, you know, you could go bathe in a creek. Um, and his attitude was, you know, no, there's some things they need to do for themselves. I'm not going to do something for them if they can't do some basic things for themselves. And, you know, I mean, there's some common sense kind of thing with that. And the Bible is very, very clear. You need to carry your own stuff. But the beginning of the chapter, Paul says this. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you'll fulfill the law of Christ. He lays out this principle about this idea of you also have an obligation to carry other people's stuff. But it's a different word. The idea in, 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 chat, in verse 2, you carry stuff that are outside the norms. In our, there are life events, there is stuff that comes into your life that is outside the norm. That... The average person does not have to deal with because it is an extra deal that has been brought into your life. It is something that there is no way you can carry it on your own. A lot of times that will happen health-wise, where you're going along fine and all of a sudden there's a health issue that comes up. And it sidetracks your whole life. And that's, important, that's an important time for the church family to come alongside and help carry that kind of stuff. Um, 
there are different events that will pop into your life where you need to be humble enough to say, this is an extra unique, difficult burden, and I need help. Um, there are times that in marriage, um, difficult things come into a marriage where a couple needs to say, you know, what? We, we can't handle this on our own. We need help. We need outside help because this is a unique thing that's come into our lives. Um, parents who have special needs kids, um, that is something in which they need a group of people who can come alongside of them and help them. That's an extra burden that the average parent doesn't have. Um, people who have um, health situations, that's an extra thing that they have that's been brought in their life. Uh, people sometimes financially, particularly I see this in regards to people who have managed their money financially and done well and, and managed everything else, and then all of a sudden they get this $200,000 hospital bill for something that was out of their control. Um, you see those kinds of situations. You see somebody who's managing their, 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 their money well and, and trying to do the best they can, and all of a sudden one of them loses a job. And that's a time for a church to come alongside and go, you know what, Look, we're going to help you here. We're, we're, we're going to carry this with you. And then, and Peter, Peter brings out another principle of this burden kind of thing. And here's what Peter says. Peter says, cast all your anxiety or your care upon him because he cares for you. He says, you have to remember this. Whether you're carrying your own stuff or whether you're carrying somebody else's stuff, it all starts with the Lord. You have to take it there first. Um, you can't parent effectively without going to God first. Um, you can't carry those extra loads without effectively dealing with the Lord first. And so he lays out that principle. There's an interesting passage in 1 Kings um, chapter 17. It's the story of Elijah and the widow at Zarephath. I don't know if you remember the passage or not. But what happens is the, 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 the brook that Elijah's by dries up, and God sends him to this little widow woman. And he comes to this little widow woman, and he says, look, I, I need you to make me a meal first. And she says, you don't understand. I was going to go make the last meal for my kid and I. And Elijah the prophet says, no, make me one first. And she does, and if you remember the story, the barrel of meal and the oil it never fails. And, 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 and basically what happens is Elijah, the widow woman, and her son are fed all through the whole time for the famine. There's an interesting theological issue that comes up when you read that passage. And here's, here's the, the issue. Did God send Elijah to save the widow woman, or did God use the widow woman to save Elijah? And the answer is yes. Yes. Why? Because they were in it together. Because they came along, because Elijah comes alongside, and she comes alongside of them, and together they make it through it individually they would not have survived. But the principle is together they got through that, that, that difficulty. And so it's an interesting concept when we talk about the idea of helping and sharing and carrying one another's burdens and ultimately always going to the Lord with it first. So I want to kind of end this part of it by talking about it this way um, and just laying out a couple of principles for us so that we can grasp it, you know, we got to remember, folks, that look, there's an element in life in which we got to start carrying our own stuff. And if you're sitting here going, "Man, am I am I the kind of person that carry that 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 you know I'm dependent on like everybody else?" No, here's my experience. If you're asking yourself that question, you ain't that person, because those people are clueless. They really are. They don't have any clue that they're doing that. 
that they've, they've become living like that. Um, so chances are good that's not you. Second thing is twofold. One, when you're in tough stuff, you have to be willing to ask for help. When you're in something that's outside the norm, you have to be willing to ask for help. And secondly, for those of us who can help, we need to help. We need to step in and carry what we can. We can't always carry all of it. And very rarely can you carry the whole thing for somebody. You have to, but there are certain parts of it you can carry and you need to carry. And the, the, the last idea is this idea that no matter what, we always focus it on God and, and allowing God to work with us, through us, in us as, as, as a group. Okay? So my prayer for us as a church is this. It's simply that we'd be known as a people who share our burdens with one another. And it's my desire as a church that we would live in such a way that the world sees that. That they see us carrying each other's burdens and that as a church they understand we don't go through things alone. Okay? And so that's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for us. Um, which brings me now to kind of the second part of this morning. Um, As a church, we have been through stuff like this before, but I don't think we've ever been through anything like this since we've been in this building. So you'll have to bear with me for a little bit, but I need you to tell you a story, and then I kind of need to tell you what's going on. Um, I guess about a year ago now, God brought... um, Been a year, Josh? Like a year that you started coming over? Probably something like that. This, Josh um, start, came with Jimmy. He started coming over. Every time I go home, he'd be there in my kitchen, and then I'd have to feed him. And then the next thing I know, he starts bringing Kylie, and now I've got to feed them both. Um, and, uh, no, jo- all joking aside, what's happened is they've, they've, ca- they've become part of our family is what's happened. And so they come over, you know, when they come to church, they come on over and we eat, and I think it started out shooting or something, but anyway, it, it just evolved, and so Gene and I have kind of, Gene and I and Jimmy and Josh and Aaron and Alex and everybody, we just kind of adopted them like our kids, okay? And we have a ritual at our tables, we go around the table where we sit down and I say, okay, tell me what's happened in your life this week. So as we're eating, I start going all the way around the table, and so whoever's sitting next to me goes first, and we go all the way around the table and talk about what's happened in our lives since the last time we were together. So I don't know, it's probably about four or five months ago or something like that when, you know, I said, so what's going on? And, and I think it was Kylie goes, we're expecting. And it's like, oh, okay. So we followed them through the whole pregnancy thing all the way along. Uh, about a month or so ago, two months maybe, um, there were some concerns with the MRI, with, with the, the, the test that she was having. Um, they ran through a lot of specialty stuff um, down in Omaha and did some pretty extensive MRI stuff. Um, and in the course of that, they found out they're having a boy, and his name's Noah. Okay, so... Um, they started to expect, so they were expecting Noah, is who we're expecting. Um, what the MRIs revealed is that at some point along the way, Noah developed a virus. And what it did was it attacked and destroyed part of his brain. 
And the part of the brain that it destroyed is the part of the brain that controls uh, involuntary stuff, like breathing, heart, all of those kinds of things. Normally, in situations like that, the mother's body will reject the child. But in a somewhat miraculous kind of way, the doctors have determined that at this point her body has not done that. So Noah continues to kick and twist and turn and hiccup and do all of those kinds of things. But what will probably happen is that when he is born, he will have a few moments of life outside the womb and then he will pass away. Um, that's a burden most people don't carry. They love this church. They love coming here. But the last few weeks have been tougher and tougher because the questions are, how's it going? What's it going to be? Da, 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 da. And yet they know what the doctors have told them. So we have spent a lot of time with them um, working through a lot of these issues. Um, we've laughed together. We've cried together. Um, we have tried to figure out the best ways that we can minister to them through this, okay? Um, you're due, what, like the third week in September, something like that? Yeah. Um, she may or may not be able to make it that far, but she and Josh are determined to carry the baby as far as they can. There's a number of reasons for that. It's better for her health. Um, it's better for her emotionally because she will know she gave Noah every possible chance. Um, it's better spiritually because it's the right thing to do. Um, so the prayer is that she can go all the way to full term with Noah. Um, as long as once he is born then he doesn't have the capabilities in his brain to survive on his own, short of God doing something miraculous and giving Noah a brain between now and then, that part of the brain to be developed. Um, so that's kind of where they are, okay? Um, let me tell you what we as a church need to do. Let me tell you what we're doing. Let me tell you what we have come up with. Uh the first thing is we, we pray for a miracle. Um, we're going through a series on miracles, and miracles do happen. In this case, the miracle means a brain has to get developed to be able to take care of that. However, you also have to be realistic in that God has provided us doctors, and God has provided us things like this to give us some insight. So... My approach has always been I pray for a miracle, but I plan for the worst so that I have both bases covered, okay? Um, as a church, you should know, I met with the board and their wives. Um, we have talked to Myers Brothers. Myers Brothers will, uh, should Noah pass away, Myers Brothers will provide a, um, a casket and a graveside service. We have talked to them about uh, the church is going to be providing them, buying them burial plots up in Climbing Hill. 
Um, those are things we can carry. Okay? They don't have to worry about those kinds of things. So that's what we're going to do. Um, after he is born, um, if miraculously he can continue to live, we'll do a baby shower like we always do. If the Lord takes him home, then we'll do a card shower, and we're going to encourage you to give money so that they can have a memorial marker placed at the cemetery. Um, let me tell you what you can do. Um, you can pray for them, and you can love them. You don't need to say anything. Sometimes we open our mouths and we say really stupid things, even though we mean well, like, Heaven needs them more than you did. Don't say that to a mother. Or God needed another angel. Because any mother's heart says, God's got enough angels, I just want one. Okay? And I know you mean well. I know like we feel like we have to say something. We don't have to say anything. Okay? As much as possible, treat them normally. You know, every Sunday, Kylie and I compare bellies. Um, you know, that's what we were doing in the back. You know, I'm like, she's like, no, I got a little more on you this week. I mean, you know, we, we, you got to be able to, to, to have some, la to laugh. You got to be able to, to have some normalcy. And if every time you walk in, you're confronted with it, it just becomes kind of overwhelming, um, and stuff like that. Um, she's still pregnant. She's still carrying Noah. She's still enjoying what she can with him. Um, Kylie is a little more of a hugger. Josh is not. Josh is like me. I hug only people that are really close to me. And you have to develop. You have to go through a whole progression before I will let you hug me. Josh is kind of like that, you know. Uh, you've got to earn the hug from Josh, okay. Just let him know, let him know that you're, you're praying for him, you're thinking about him. Um, but we, we feel like you as a church need to know, because we want this to be a safe place. We want this to be a place of encouragement. We want this to be a place of love. We want them, and they want to still be able to come, but it was getting harder and harder and harder. So we came to a point where we just, we, we really have to say something, okay? Um, in situations like this, there are a lot of questions a church has. So I'm going to try to answer a few for, for a few moments. Here's the problem with asking these questions and giving you answers. It does nothing for your heart. Um, it'll help your head wrap it around some things, but it doesn't do anything for your heart. Um, you know, one of the questions that you get asked is, why does God do something like this? You'll know. I can tell you what I do know. I can tell you that Psalm 139 says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I can tell you that God designed us long before anybody even thought of conceiving us. And that every part was wrought by God, including the part of his brain that didn't develop. I can tell you that the purpose for any being on this planet is to glorify God, whether by life or by death. I can tell you that, in reality, this little guy has already touched more lives than most of us will touch in a lifetime. 
I can tell you that through it all, God can be honored and glorified. And it's our prayer that he will. That does nothing for your soul or your emotions or your heart. That just helps your head wrap some ideas around it. One of the questions that I often get asked is, what about babies? You know, we teach that a person goes to heaven because of a faith and trust in Christ. And if a baby or somebody who is mentally challenged where they can never develop that concept of being able to trust Christ, you know, what does God, how does God handle that? Some people believe, well, if the child's baptized, the, the child will go to heaven. Some believe, well, if the parents had faith, the child goes to heaven. Some believe that if a child was confirmed, the child goes to heaven. Um, here's what I believe. I believe that in the kingdom of God, God has provided a way for children to be part of his kingdom. We would call it an age of accountability or something like that. Again, it doesn't matter. That's a head term. But I can tell you that when David's child passed away, maybe at tops a year old, or a week old, David said, I, he can't come to me, but I will go to him. I can tell you that when Jesus was ministering and little kids were coming to him, that the disciples went, whoa, 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 he doesn't have time for you. Jesus looked at them in some of the harshest words that he ever used and said it would be better that a boulder were tied around your neck and thrown into the, into the depths of the ocean rather than you say anything like that about one of these little ones. Because this is what the kingdom of God's all about. This is what the kingdom of God's like. You don't dare push them away from me. So I can tell you that children have an incredibly special place in God's kingdom. Um, again, there are answers that don't do anything for your heart. But there are answers that your head will ask. And now you know the answers for your head. But the bottom line is, blessed are they that mourn. And we have laughed with these two people to the point that we have cried. And we have cried with these people. And we have explained to them in no uncertain terms, this is not a normal burden to carry on your own. This is one where you need a body of people around you who love you, who pray for you, who encourage you, who are in your corner helping you so you don't have to go through this on your own. And so that is our role um, as a church for them. And so that's how we want to go forward with them. So if they get another day, or if they get the rest of the month, or if they get all the way to delivery, we want to be there for them. If God miraculously creates a brain, then, then, then it'll be phenomenal to be able to rejoice with them. But if God takes them home, our goal for any human being is to glorify God, whether it be by our life or by our death. And that includes children, as difficult as that is to wrap your heart around. So they know that they're not going through it alone, that we're here with them. Um, 
They know that we will mourn with them, cry with them, laugh with them. We'll carry. They they know they have a they have an understanding with us. We will carry everything possible we can carry. But there's some stuff we can't carry for them, and they know that. Um, but you know our heart breaks like yours. Um, but when it's all said and done, uh, we want to be closer to one another and closer to the Lord. And we want God glorified. So that's where we are. I know for many of you it is a shock. We have been fortunate enough that we've been dealing with this for about a month with them. And they carried it for a while on their own. And um, they felt that it was time to share it with you. So I don't know how long they're going to stay around afterwards today because they do have another thing they have to get to. It's not like they're running out because we embarrassed them. Okay? Got you covered now? Okay, good. You're a little more comfortable. Yeah. Uh, they have another deal they have to get to. So we don't, I don't even get to feed them today. And I have food for them. Um, maybe you can get a to-go bag. Uh, you know, but... Um, they are in our hearts and thoughts and prayers. And so as you think of them, as you pray for them, um, keep them in your hearts and minds. And as you see them, don't say anything stupid. <laughs> no, really. I mean, I know you want to say something, but, you know, just, just let them know you love them. Okay? Let them know you love them. And um, they... Um, it's tough. It's tough for, for anyone to go through this. But um, may the Lord be honored and glorified to it all. And um, they know they're not walking through it by themselves. Okay? So let's close in prayer, Lord. Um, when you bring stuff into our lives, we often don't understand the reasons. And Lord, even if we did, it wouldn't be enough. Um, Lord, our hearts go out to Josh and Kylie and Noah. We ask for your hand upon them. We ask for grace, for strength, for, Lord, a peace that can only come from you. And, Lord, as a church, may we be able to go forward with them. May this be something that they realize that they don't have to walk through alone. And Lord, when this is all said and done, whether in life or in death, may Noah's life honor and glorify you. And may you use this in all of our lives to draw us closer to one another, to draw us closer to you, and for a world to see. Christ in us. These things we ask in your name. Amen.